Hey, Taco Tuesday fans, this is Christian Brindle. And I am Glenn Shelton. We came together and it combined our forces to create something special for insurance agents called Taco Tuesday. Let's talk about insurance. My company, Christian Brindle Insurance Services, and my company, Lead Heroes, is here to bring you the latest and greatest news happening in the insurance industry today and eat some tacos while we do it. If you enjoy the content that we put out on this podcast, feel free to leave us a review or subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Without further ado, let's get into this episode of Taco Tuesday. Gambling money. Gambling. Vegas money, baby. Mm. Blackjack. We were talking about Tony Merwin's blackjack strategy the other day. Maybe this is my, maybe I follow Tony into the casino world. And I do want, you know what? So I am, uh, I guess, really fast. Uh, and I don't know exactly when this video will air, you guys, since we do pre record these Taco Tuesdays now. But I will be speaking in Vegas at the end of March. Um, and one on my bucket list for Vegas while I'm there is I really want to play poker. I haven't like I played a lot of poker in my life and like I'd have a lot of like boys nights like we'd get together and play. But I've never sat down in a casino and played and I really want to do that. So what kind of poker? Oh, Texas Hold'em five card draw, you know. OK, you know, so I tried to learn how to play Texas Hold'em once. And I could not figure it out. So I stick to blackjack. <laughs> I know how to play blackjack. Okay. How much money do you anticipate on losing in Vegas? Not that you ever expect to lose money or you're planning to lose money, but right. what would, what would be a reasonable amount? You're like, okay, I'm, that, that doesn't make me too upset. That's dangerous. Um, I mean, I guess like my plan in my head would be to like start with a grand and see wh- where I'm at. You know, I know that sounds dangerous to be like, you know, just, but probably start with a thousand bucks. Try, you try to go plus money, right? You, the the perf, the dream world is you start with like a grand, you get a nice cushion, then you start playing with house money, right? Like that's, that's best case scenario. I could probably lose two to four grand at the end of the trip and, you know, chalk it up as entertainment. Yeah. So you want to know how much I lost gambling when I, when I was there? Uh, Let me tell you already. Maybe, but I don't necessarily recall. I feel like it was a thousand. So it was, it was under two. It was about 1800. Okay. Is what I lost. Yeah. That's, that's about where I'd like, I'd like to stay there too. Like, a little stop loss. It's know? funny because um, we were having dinner in Boise, Idaho for Josh Lustig's Thrive. Shout out, Josh. Um, we're sitting there at dinner and he's talking about gambling. Something came up with gambling. I don't remember why. And I was like, Josh, how much money did I lose in Vegas? And it was like a week after I came back from Vegas. So I'm like, well, how much money? And everyone's like, Some, someone said like $30,000. I'm like, who do you think I am? Like, <laughs> 30 grand. <laughs> Josh didn't say that, but someone else at the table said that they're like 30,000. I'm like, I'm like, okay, first of all, I wouldn't be married right now. 
Yeah. I would lose, I would lose a lot more than 30,000 because I'd be getting divorced and splitting everything. <laughs> Actually I have a prenup, so maybe not, but um, <laughs> this is getting wild. Um, but, but yeah, like um, I think Josh was like 500 bucks, 600 bucks. I'm like, no dude, I'm like, come on, bro. I'm like, that, that's, that's, ba- that's, that's baby money. Yeah. And um, yeah, we need to go to Vegas together sometime. That would be awesome. Do you know how to play? Have you ever played craps? So at one point I had in college, I had a friend who had like their own mat. And so we would play at their house. It's like some underground casino shit. (laughs) Dude, it was like the most fun I had in college. I will go on the record and say like playing craps at this person's house is like a house party slash. And like they they like basically became um the house like in the game like it was they literally backed the money too so like and i didn't know how to play craps and i learned how to play craps and i played a little bit at the casino but dude craps is so much i'd love to to play craps with you you got to teach me and not take advantage of me and take all my money but (laughs) (laughs) it's a dice game dude it's all chance yeah it's all chance it's not it's not like poker where i could literally take your money (laughs) it's you know daddy needs a new pair of shoes it's funny because when we were in vegas i actually was winning more with slots than i was at blackjack blackjack's where i lost the majority of my money if not all of the money i actually came out in the green with slots did you have a system like tony what was your blackjack strategy sit there and lose a shit ton of money (laughs) (laughs) they keep bringing me drinks that's what There you go. No, no chips. There you go. So what I did was I pulled out a bunch of cash too at the at the at the casino for the trip, and um, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't want to spend anything on a credit card. I just want to use cash for everything. That's how I. That's how I keep track of what we're spending, right? Right, right. And um, my wife's like, she's like, she's like, someone is going to kill us. They're going to mug us. I'm like. Sweetie, everyone in this city is walking around with cash. That's when, when, so my wife said the same, when I put this on, like for, again, guys, I took out this money for the promo we just did, the NCAA giveaway, the March Madness bracket giveaway. And that was my first, that was the first thing my wife said too. She's like, you can't show people this. Like people are going to come to our house. And and, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, it's 10 grand. I'm like, I'm like, you'd be willing to like commit a felony, break and enter, like potentially try to kill me for 10K. Like, I mean, if it was more, you know, maybe right? if it was like if I had a million in cash behind me. Let's go. This, I mean, that was quite quite the intro to this Taco Tuesday topic. It really was. My goodness. <laughs> I, this just went off the rails quickly and it. in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it. Today, guys, we're going to be talking about a topic that I'm super excited about, um, and that would be fastest way to, to six-figure income as an agent, right? Like if you started from scratch, right, you just got your license, you're brand new, um, and if there's, there's some things that I think we're going to say that are going to be pretty obvious, right? Like you're not going to know everything right off the bat, but what would be your strategy to go to six figures as quickly as possible? What would be the number one way to do it? So the first thing I wanted to say about this topic 
is we've talked about it on the Medicare side a bunch on Taco Tuesday. We, I mean, obviously the six-figure six Medicare agent, right? That being the Facebook group, the six-figure Medicare agent summit. Like, obviously, this topic's come up time and time again. You know, how do you get to six figures? What would it look like? How long it would take? Something surprising that came out not too long ago was, um, I won't necessarily say where it came from, but there was an article that was written that said the average Medicare agent, I don't know if it said supplement specifically, I think it just said Medicare agent. They said it takes them five years on average, five to get to six figures. And I thought that was surprisingly high, if I'm being honest. But when we talk about how the average agent writes four policies a year, maybe that skews the average, right? I think a full-time agent in my head, year three, they should be crossing that threshold. You know, if they're part-time for a few years and they kind of slowly build the book, you know, maybe, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> so I think about myself as a new agent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when, when I say this, people are going to say, well, this is what Christian did. I should go do this too. I just wish I could reach through my computer screen and grab your face right here. Whoever's watching this, that's thinking that and go, and just shake it. <laughs> oh, <don't do> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you how I started. I'm going to tell you why I wouldn't do that again if I had to start it over knowing what I know today. So I started um, I started in the business cold calling. We've talked about this a lot on this show. Christian Brindle started um, first year, halfway through the year, maybe around June. First year, I made about 25 grand, something like that. Year two, about 75. Year three, six figures, right? So right around three for me, but cold calling the whole time. Now, if I knew what I knew today, I think I could do it. Maybe not year one, because I, I don't know many Medicare agents that make six figures in their first year. I think that's a very short list. Like, Yeah, that's hard. Th- I mean, um, but at least I think I could have done it in year two, um, yeah. knowing what I know today. So, and And I think there's a couple of things that the cold calling did for me that was good. And what it did for me that was good was it helped me cut my teeth and it helped me gain a lot of experience and it helped me get over my jitters of going on appointments and doing presentations and um, talking to prospects. And, you know, it really was kind of the mentality of like, throw you to the fire and, you know, build yeah, trial a by, trial by fire, sink or swim, baby, sink or swim. That's that was my motto when I got into this sink or swim. Sink and I think that's good. Swim. Yeah. I think that's, that's good for agents. Um, but if I knew what I knew today, now, now this is tricky for me because anybody that's watching this, that's brand new is not going to know what I know today. So I'm like, how realistic is that? But if I was starting from scratch, let's say I knew what I knew today. Um, I would probably still, let, let's say I'm experienced and I know what I'm doing and I don't need to cut my teeth. Right. That that's, that's where I'm going to tackle this from. Um, If you're trying to get to six figures as fast as possible, and let's say you know what you're doing, this is big. And I want, I'd love to get your take on this and see if you think I'm crazy. I might borrow money from somebody and buy a bunch of leads and spend money on my business right off the bat. If my goal is to get to six figures first year. You, 
I do believe that there's a path where in the first 12 months you can make more than six figures. I, I do believe that's real. I do think that there would be certain consequences from doing that, like borrowing money, right? Mm -hmm. um, then there's also this other thing that I'm grappling with as I'm hearing you talk where it's like, well, six figures in profit, <laughs> six figures gross. Yeah, I mean, that, that's another conversation yeah. to have, right? Because six figures gross, that's a, that's a low-hanging fruit. Six figures in profit, that's significantly a higher bar to clear. Um, and I remember thinking when I hit six figures in gross, like I felt like I was on top of the world. And then the further I got into it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> then all my <laughs> expenses are coming out of that. And I'm actually only making 60K a year, you know, and I'm back where I started, right? It was like... Right. It was like, yeah. I left my hundred K year sales job, got into insurance, you know, pretty quickly started making on the life side. Again, it's, a, it, and, and on, I was going to say on the life side, it's probably about half the time because the commission up front is so much higher. It's, it's a apple versus an orange. It's not really a comparison, but I'd say I was on pace to make a hundred thousand dollars in actual profit beyond gross. I'd say after about 18 months of selling life. So I think it, it was a shorter trajectory than Medicare, again, because the, the commissions are different. But um, I do think if you're trying to get it, and Med Medicare would be harder, life would be easier. But first 12 months as a Medicare agent, I mean, do we, you want to, should we break it down? Should we break down what that would look like? Well, yeah, I, I, I think we should. But one thing to keep, one thing to put in, to the mind of the audience, I think, um, that maybe they're not thinking of, right. Let's say, let's say, you know, you made a hundred thousand your first year as an agent. What people aren't thinking about is your second, third, fourth, fifth year, six year commissions, right? Like, so even if you don't spend the same kind of money on your business, you have a client. If you make if you write enough policies in your first year as a Medicare agent, to make a six-figure income, you're going to have a really good renewal stream coming in for a long time. Like you could even take right. your foot off the gas, pay off some of that debt, right? Like it depends on what you're trying to do. And it's risky too, because you're not going to know what Christian knows, you know, as a new agent. Right. So that's another thing. Um, so six-figure in renewals. I just did the math on this the other day. It's about 350 Medicare Advantage clients. Yeah, so 25 to 30 policies a month, right? And that's with no true-ups. Right. So it's actually less if you factor in true ups and husband and wife. So I mean, I remember we've done this math on the show before, but we, we haven't necessarily done this in the sense of, can you go from new in the industry to I'm at day 365 and I have six figures in renewals. I think that is very, very difficult to do, but if you went in full time, if you had enough money where you were either borrowing it or you had saved it or it was loaned to you, like what, again, whatever the situation was and you work full time, it's really only about five policy. It's like one per day for a year, one per working day. Yep. Five, five, a week, five or six a week. I mean, it's in the grand scheme of things. If you think about it, it's not like, that's not impossible. I know, I know agents who write three to five a day consistently. So I don't think it's impossible. 
it's really about consistency with your effort <clears throat> and having a system in place where you can rinse and repeat. I just think most agents aren't willing to put in the time and effort. I really think that's what it comes down to, right? I, I couldn't agree more. I think one thing you said that stood out to me there is um, it, and you, you, I mean, there's no easy trajectory to this. You have to bust your ass, right? The entire year. You have to work at probably at least six days a week. A lot of weeks. Yeah, you got to work Saturdays, you guys. The people out there who like, I don't work Saturdays anymore because I earned the right to, and I've heard, I think it was John Wetmore shout out to him. Um, I think he was the one that also had similar thoughts on this that I saw him post the other day, but the reality is as a brand new agent, if you're not working six days a week, good luck. It's yeah. You just, you got to have that extra day and Saturdays are huge because prospects are home prospects answer the phone the agents who work Saturdays are going to have a huge leg up on you guys. Yep. hundred percent. I agree. I think, I, I think, okay, so I'd love to get your take on this part yeah. of it because when I think of the pathway from zero to six figures, right. I think there's a long way of doing it without more, without as much risk. And that would be like the grassroots marketing, the ground and pound, right. That kind of stuff to where you're not spending the money, but you're spending time. Right. right. Um, then there's the riskier part of things that probably, in my opinion, gets you there faster. And either way, you're working like you're working yourself ragged. You have to work yourself really hard. You have to push yourself really hard. You have to work very hard either way. But I think the fastest trajectory to get there is working really hard, working hard consistently, right? Consistently showing up and spending money on your business. Because um, part of the reason why Christian made six figures in year three and not year two is because Christian wasn't spending money on his business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I'm thinking in my head as you're saying that, like, how do you get to one guaranteed app a day or one or 1.5 a day, right? 1.25 a day, whatever your average ends up being, but yeah, you got to spend the money. You got to commit the time. I mean, let's say it's 20 leads a day. You know, if you're like, listen, I might only close one out of 20, but I know if I do a hit a 5% close rate that I know I'm on target to hit my goal for the year. And then, yeah, you got to back the math out on that. That's not cheap. 20 leads a day. I mean, that could easily be a couple hundred bucks a day. That's a thousand bucks a week. That's 50 grand a year. A lot of agents are not willing or they would laugh if I said, hey, will you give me 50 grand? I'll give you 300 and 300 clients. You want to make a trade? Hey guys, want to make a trade? But hit me up in Facebook marketplace. I've got 300 Medicare clients. Do you have 50 grand you want to give me? And it's a huge, that's like the barrier, dude. Like that's the mindset, but that's the wall. Like there's people on this side who are like, oh yeah, here's a hundred grand. I'm going to get to my goals and I'm going to get there faster. And there's people on this side where they're like, I'm going to call every financial advisor in my town and join networking groups and hit up my friends and family and, and draw my dream 100. And yeah, go for it, guys. You, you don't have to spend a dime on marketing to make a shitload of money in this business. Yeah, that's been, that's been proven time and time again. But just like Christian said, you guys, that means you're taking longer. That means your renewals are going to build slower. 
most agents who are established wish they had spent more money. I hear that all the time. I wish I had spent more money early on, on marketing, on leads, on getting clients, on staff, on yada, yada, yada. I mean, you got to be careful. You don't want to, you don't want to misspend or be frivolous, but my my second, my second year as an agent, I took a month off practically to go to Malaysia. I've talked about this before. Yeah. And it was fun. I had, it was a great experience for me, but it was five to 10 grand somewhere in there for, for me to do it. Five to 10 grand probably could have doubled my income that year. You know what I mean? If yeah. and, and taking a month off of doing zero sales, right? Like if I, if I understood the concept of spending money on my business back then, like I do today, I can only imagine where I would be today. Right. So like, that's my biggest regret as an agent in, in my early career is yeah. not being willing to spend the money. I, I feel that a hundred percent. I, even though I was willing to spend the money, it was still always like this. I was one of the agents, and I'll just be totally honest. I was one of the agents, and this is like an epidemic in the industry, in my opinion. I was one of the agents who would do something, I would kill it, and then I would stop. I was, I was really inconsistent with paying for my marketing. I would be willing to spend the money. And then I would spend the money, get the leads, run the leads, get the profit. But then I might take like a week off before I would buy new leads. And I'd always make the excuse like, I'm going to just work my old leads. Or, But the reality is if you're not consistently getting that flow of new leads, even on days or weeks when you don't need them, you're going to fall behind. You're not going to be consistent. You're not going to get the one to one and a half a day to get you to six figures like we just talked about. So that's, I'll admit it. I'm one, I was, I was one of those agents. And I was too, you know, like even, even after year three, when I maybe started to spend money on business. So back then I would buy leads from NetQuote year four, um, you know, and they were cheap leads guys. They were like five to eight bucks a lead. And they were shared with probably 30, 40 agents. They told you five or six agents, but they're liars. They were liars. I don't think they're around. Liars. But and it's, it doesn't matter, right? Like if you're the first agent to call, you had a great chance. Like if you're the first person to call, you had a great chance, but um, those were cheap leads. And I had a hard time talking myself and I'll make it a hundred grand a year. I had a hard time talking myself into spending money on those. You know, it's just spending money on my business was such a, it was fear is what it is. And I know that's what you guys are experiencing right now. A lot of you watching this that maybe might find yourself in your second year, first year, third year, whatever the case might be, you're scared. I understand. I was scared to spend money. I'm sure Glenn was scared, scared to spend money. Terrified. Terrified. It's everybody goes through it. I promise you that everybody goes through it. Um, but if you can just kind of get out of your own feels, way, this, this feels like group therapy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name. <laughs> but but I, it's, I was it's, scared to spend money on marketing. Yeah, I was scared to spend money on marketing anonymous. Um, <laughs> oh, entrepreneurs in training anonymous. Yeah. But but no, I think it's very true though, guys. Like I think um, what really held me back at the beginning from taking the next jump was exactly that, right? And it, I think 
it's almost like the battle with the guy in the mirror. Be like, listen, you know what you need to do after a certain point. You need to spend money. You need to invest money into your business once you get the concept. But it's a scary thing to do. You know, like there's things I do today that are scary that I spend money on. You know, like the summit's a scary thing. But look like like from a business point of view, let's talk about Amazon as an example. Mm. They spent every penny of revenue that they generated at their balance sheet at the end of the year was negative. <laughs> they spent more money than revenue they generated. And even when they got to the point where they were generating billions of dollars, they kept doing it. Why? Why would a billion dollar company be reporting a zero balance or a negative balance? Why would they do that? To generate clients, mm-hmm. to scale the business, to avoid paying tax, a higher amount in taxes, right? There's probably some tax strategy behind it. I mean, there's a million reasons why that concept can be super powerful for you as a business owner. And, and I'm not trying to speak to your specific situation. Maybe you need to do things a little differently based on where you're at, but Overall, spending money to make money is tried and true. <laughs> it's tried so, and true. It's so funny you bring that up because it's so spot on for one. But number two, I watched an interview earlier in the week. And it was over the it was this past weekend, actually, that Grant Cardone did with Lewis Howes. And they were talking about this exact topic for like an hour and a half. And it was talking about what Grant did. For those of you who don't know Grant Cardone, right? Social media, huge social media following, right? Sales trainer, real estate investor, all the stuff that he does, right? Um, he was talking about how from age 25 in business to 51, he was, he prob- he, was, he was afraid to spend money on his business. And he probably had a net worth of five to $6 million. 2008 comes, hits him really hard because he doesn't have that much real estate at the time. And- it's looking like their, you know, their business is going to collapse. Called, they called in, dude. I know this. I'm not even a Grant Cardone fan, really. I'm not a huge fan. I might get canceled for saying that in our audience. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do not cancel me or Taco Tuesday. I'm not a huge I, fan, but I'm, I know I'm this. a big fan, guys. You don't have to leave. Yeah, yeah. Christian's big enough fan for both of us. That's how this relationship <laughs> works. I know this story. The bank called in his loan, right? Yeah. Our bank called in his loan and said, hey, guess what? We're struggling at the bank right now. Time for you to pay your $30 million. And like like Christian said, he's only got a net worth of like five or six and they're calling in his loan. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite Grant Cardone stories. It's it's so it's so in tune with 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 this topic. I mean, yeah, so I love it. What he does is over from from basically that point on going forward, like almost like a second birth for him of his life. Like he spends almost everything in his business. Yeah, everything triples down on his debt. (laughs) He goes, he goes from like 30 million in debt to like 300 million in debt. Like that was his, his move. And I was so blown away. I was like, he goes, he goes from that point to now Cardone Capital's got billions of real estate under under that they oversee now. 
like a couple billion in real estate. And right. he was talking about how at the end of the year, every year in December, whatever positive revenue they have in the companies, he finds ways to dump it into something, a new plane, more yeah. real estate, yeah. marketing. I mean, he's yeah. just like, he's like, he's like, it's time to unload. It's time to unload at the end of the year. It's like a yearly tradition. He said he's been doing it for over 10 years. Um, 100%. And, and so you look at what you look at where that got him from age 25 to 51. And then look, he's, I think he's like 62 now, 63 from age 51 to 62 or 63. He has this like whole second birth in his career. And now he's, he's, he's ridiculous in terms of how big he is these days. Um, yeah. You know, he's on undercover billionaire, you know, like, so it takes a level of courage, I think, to, to spend money on your business. And trust me, most people are not going to just empty themselves out and have no cash reserves. Like one thing he's talking about in his interview is he's like, it's dumb to have a life savings. He's like, He's like, you should be investing your money into your business or into real estate or in some other investment because you put your money in the bank. It's going down in value every single day. You're essentially losing money by keeping it in the bank. You have no interest. Inflation's at 7% right now. So if you're not getting, essentially, I know, you know, we could get into the technicalities, but essentially, if you're earning less than 7% interest on your money, you're literally losing money. (laughs) <laughs> if your money, if your money is sitting like this, or it's sitting in the, your checking account, it's losing money. Like that's, it's a wild concept to think about, but, and, and that's why I love spending money on my business. Cause I know the chances of my ROI being less than 7%. Oh, come like, come on. Like uh, everyone knows their profit margins. And, and if you don't, you should. And your profit margin should hopefully be above seven or 10%, right? Mm-hmm. In whatever it is you're doing. And so it's, it should be very easy to spend that money and get it back. You have to do have faith in that process though. You have to be willing to part with the money, spend it and know that it's going to come back and, and that there will be ebb and flow with your cash flow. It'll come up and down. You'll have more cash than you won't at other times, but yeah, I feel like that's kind of a superpower as an entrepreneur is to be at the point where you could drop 20 or 30 grand on expenses and you really don't even think about it because mm-hmm. the average person spending that much money or more is like really difficult, right? Yeah. And it yep. took me a lot of time to develop that too because spending a couple grand a month on leads as a new agent, which is kind of how this whole topic got started, was very hard for me. I was used to only taking in four, four or five grand a month. And so the idea that I was going to start spending two or three grand, it's not a core expense. It's not an expense that's going to help my family, right? It's not like home. It's not like a home expense or a, a necessity. This is marketing dollars I'm spending. It was really odd feeling. So yeah, I love, I love that story. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I think it's, you know, and it's something that I think about all the time. Now, to be transparent with you guys, I don't, empty out all my accounts into my business, but I am, but I probably spend 75% of my free cash flow on my business. I do. I spend a tremendous amount of money on my business with marketing, with, you know, coming up with incentives for agents, right. Trying to do the summit. We've spent, I don't know how much money on the summit already, a ton. Um, We had a, 
giant banner come in today for the summit. It's like goes up to the ceiling if I was to hang it up. Um, so I was like, that was stupid, probably unnecessary, but we did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and I didn't, I didn't always, I would, I didn't always have that mentality. Um, and I think, right. I think as you evolve as an entrepreneur, I think the faster you can figure that out, I think the better it's going to be for your career and for your business. I think spending money is absolutely, I, I, I feel like having this conversation, I feel like, okay, for someone wants to make six figures as fast as possible. How much are they, are, how fast are they willing to spend money? How much are they willing to spend? Like, cause it's, it's, it's a monetary, it's a math problem at the end of the day. Yeah. Are you willing and, and are you willing to potentially go into debt to create a cash flow? that would more than pay off your debt and set you up potentially for life. You know, are you, would you risk your current financial situation, right? Take loans out, take a mortgage out, right? Like that's a huge part of it, of how quick you get there. I'll kind of share my final thoughts, you guys. So, um, you know, there's, we've had some insurance clients at lead heroes that we work with call centers, et cetera, where at the end of the year, they will prepay for a quarter or sometimes even like half a year in marketing because they're utilizing this exact strategy that Christian brought up. They are trying to zero out or minimize their cash, but they're also investing in their business, right? They're, they're investing in marketing and they're trying to grow quick, right? That's, that's exactly the strategy. They, they want to be able to grow quickly. So I think the core of this whole conversation, whether you're a brand new agent, maybe you've been in the business for 10 years and you're now you're taking it seriously. I've come across agents like that all the time where it's like, this was a hobby for a while. Now I'm a serious full-time agent. And that's this, that's the whole strategy in a nutshell. It's, it's spend money, know what your ROI is and, and then spend more money, you know, like that's really it in a nutshell. So those are my final thoughts on how an agent can quickly get to six figures selling insurance christian final thoughts yeah um i mean hit it right on the head all that was i couldn't i agree with everything you just said um i mean my my final thoughts and my you know parting words with you guys on this topic is you there's there's two assets you have that you can give up in this business i say it all the time on my youtube channel i say it probably every other video. If you watch the channel a lot, you're probably sick of me saying it. You're probably nauseous at this point if you're hearing it again, (laughs) but I'm going to say it again. Your two assets you can part with are time and money. And get, and, and, and if you're willing to part with both, that's how you solve this equation, getting to six figures as fast as possible. Um, Some people look at it like, okay, I'm going to give up either time or money. And there's a balanced scale, right? And they, they don't have a lot of money at the beginning. So they've put a lot of time into the business. They, they ground and pound, which is fine. I know agents that have six, seven, 800 clients that have never called a lead. I know right. agents like that. Um, yeah. But in my opinion, I think, can you be a seven figure agent agency doing that? I'm, I don't know. Very, um, very difficult. Not impossible, but I think it, it makes it's harder, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I would tell you guys, if you're a new agent, this is a reasonable expectation of what you need to know to make it in this business. And you can make a great living. You can make a buck 50, 200, 250 after, you know, three, four, five, six years in the business 
and be comfortable if that's what you want. Um, but it depends on how big your appetite is, right? Like I learned a few years into my career that I had a really big appetite as an insurance agent and an agency. Um, he's a hungry boy. I'm hungry. He's a very hungry boy. <laughs> want all your clients. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, and I think that's a question you got to ask for yourself. But if you really want to go big and go for it, you got to play the money game. You got to spend the money. Um, and at the beginning, you definitely have to give up time, but then maybe you don't have to put as much time in once you've kind of gotten a little bit farther, but you still need to spend the money and probably the budget goes up, the bigger you get, the more you want to grow. So those would be my final thoughts. hundred percent. I love it guys. If you're listening on an audio version of any podcast platform, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. Give us five stars if you can. We'd love to get in front of as many agents as possible. If you're on YouTube, hit the like, hit the subscribe, share the video, post it on your Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, your Twitter, if you're on Twitter. And until next time, you guys, keep talking. Thanks, guys. See you next week.